And that's when I decided I'm going to murder my mother. And I didn't feel that I had to face what I had done ever. He killed 33 times. I'm the king, man. I decide who's does what and where they do it at. So next time you see me, <laughs> I will kill you. show guys that was uh you know what if by creed one of the greatest songs ever written one of them uh welcome to the mason jar chronicles i'm Corey, and we got johnny here as well in beautiful texas um and today we are picking back up with mr jeffrey dahmer i sound like a weird creepy radio host um where we left off last time, he had moved in with his grandmother and was uh, just starting his job at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. Mm. Ambrosia. <clears throat> um, I hope you guys did enjoy the last episode. This episode is actually going to be our first early access episode. So if you are listening and you did the early access, thank you very much. Thank you. So we're going to pick up in November of 1987. Um, this is while Dahmer is living with his grandmother in West Alice. Um, he met a 25-year-old man from Antonagon, which is a fucking weird-ass name for a town. Um, Antonagon, Michigan, named Antonagon. Stephen Tuomi. Antonagon. Let's go with that. I think it's Antonagon. Oh, okay. I don't know what it is. I'm not from Michigan. Yeah. Or the Midwest at all. I just go with it. Antonagon. 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 Um, so he met Stephen Tuomi at a bar <clears throat> and persuaded him to return to the Ambassador Hotel in which Dahmer had rented a room for the evening. And according to Dahmer, he had no intention of killing uh, Tuomi when he picked him up. Like, right, yeah, I'm sure it did. Uh, and so... He just wanted to drug him and rape him as he lay unconscious. You know, not a big deal. Just a a little foul play, not a whole lot. Um, But the following morning, however, he awoke to find Tuomi lying beneath him on the bed, his chest crushed in and, quote, black and blue with bruises. Blood was also seeping from the corner of his mouth, and Dahmer's fists and one forearm were extensively bruised. Um, and Dahmer stated he had no memory of killing Tuomi. Now, we didn't mention this in the last episode, but Dahmer's dad got him into, like, weightlifting for a while. So Dahmer's, like, strong as fuck. Like, he's, like, six feet tall, just super fucking buff. And he literally killed this dude with his hands by beating him to death pretty much. And I've never beat anyone to death, but I can't imagine it being, you know, he probably had to be in pretty good shape to beat someone to death. Right? Uh, no, I mean, and you gotta think this guy's probably unconscious. Unconscious. Yeah, but I mean, the physical effort to beat someone until they're dead would be, I feel like, a lot. Uh, fucking fine, out, dude. I don't know. If anyone's ever beat someone to death, let us know. I don't know. Anytime I've ever been in a physical altercation with someone, I've never, I've never seen red. I've always, I've never wanted to. I've just wanted to keep the other person from causing harm to me. So it's like I got to do what I got to do to stop you. But I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to end you. I've just, I've never been. Right. I've never been that angry with an individual. Where you want to like murder somebody? No, I mean I draw the line. Obviously, 
that. Right. Everybody's got to have that, you know, that line. But no, I've never, now, I've never gone crazy with it. Now, this part's actually pretty funny. So, well, not this part, but part of this. So, to dispose of Tuomi's body, uh, Jeffrey purchased a large suitcase at the mall, and he transported the body to his grandma's house. But the way he did it was he put it in a taxi cab. And he had, obviously the taxi driver picked up the suitcase and was putting it in the trunk of the car. And he goes, what, do you got a body in here? And Dahmer looked at him and was like, yeah. And they both started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but he actually, okay. You guys get it. He did have a body in there. They did. They laughed together. Oh, Dahmer. Good old Dahmer. So he wrapped the bones inside a sheet and pulverized them with a sledgehammer like he did with uh, – Stephen Hicks's bones. The entire dismember process took Dahmer approximately two hours, which is pretty quick to dismember an entire body of a grown man. It's extremely fast. I don't know how quickly it would normally take, but I feel like it, that's quick, you know? I feel like most of the time is spent cleaning up the fucking mess. Right, afterwards, obviously. Hopefully he put a piece of plastic down. <laughs> a piece. <laughs> a sliver of plastic to keep the shit clean. But um, when he took the body to his grandmother's house, he a week after he took it there, he severed the head, arms, and legs from the torso, then fil- filleted the bones from the body before cutting the flesh into pieces small enough to handle. He then placed the flesh inside of plastic garbage bags. Um, and all of Tuomi's remains, excluding the severed head, were thrown into the trash. For a total of two weeks following Tuomi's murder, Dahmer retained the victim's head wrapped in a blanket and after two weeks, he boiled the head in a mixture of Soylex. Uh, it's like it's an, an alkali-based industrial detergent. He uses it, like, for the rest of the time he's, like, killing these people. Um, he uh, boiled it in Soylex and bleach in an effort to retain the skull, which he then used as stimulus for masturbation. Eventually, the skull was rendered too brittle by this bleaching process and was also per- pulverized and disposed of. Now... Do you think he fucked the skull, like the eye socket or something? Or do you think he just looked at it and, like, jerked off? I would imagine just the presence alone. I mean, you know, this is the type of guy I guess that, that was what would get him off, yeah. Right, yeah. No, I mean, we've already established that this guy can uh, climax at just the thought of doing something so heinous. So uh, I would just... It, it's a souvenir. Just having the skull there is just it's right i mean most serial killers take trophies at some point right and that's what the skull is so that was Dahmer's second murder we're going to try to keep track of these here yeah, this is, uh, <clears throat> so two months this is going to be the third murder now um this episode is going to be all murder i mean it's just like murder after murder after murder which is what you guys are here for so it kind of works out so two months after the murder of Tuomi, Dahmer met a 14-year-old Native American boy uh, who was a prostitute named James Doxtater. Doxtater? Sure. Uh, Dahmer, Dahmer lured the boy to his home with an offer of $50 to post for nude photos, which $50 back then, is that's a lot, dude. That's a lot of money. That's easy money. Yeah, just be naked. <laughs> no big deal. Um... And he's doing all this at his grandmother's house. We said that, but I don't think... I mean, I really want that to get home with you guys. Like, he's literally... Imagine your grandmother's house, right? Now that you got it, now imagine murdering people in the basement of it and cutting their bodies up. How could you not feel bad? Yeah, she doesn't use the basement. Yeah, but, I mean, the last thing they saw was little angel angel figurines, and then they're fucking dead. 
I bet, I bet that house, just being a natural old woman's house, is probably creepy on its own. <laughs> yeah, it probably smelled bad, all kinds of shit, dude. Well, he dismembered bodies in it, but that place probably smelled. Well, he added to the, I mean, ridiculous. at least it covered up the mothball smell. Yeah, I think I'd rather smell mothballs. Oh, any day than smell dead bodies. Yeah, I think that's a good So, at Dahmer's grandmother's house, the pair engaged um, in sex before Dahmer drugged Doc Stater and strangled him on the floor of the basement. Now, this is kind of his, like, M.O., because what you have with serial killers is you have a process killer and a product killer. Process killers, they enjoy the kill but don't want anything to do with the body. Product killers want to get the killing over with as soon as possible because they don't like it. They just want the body. Dahmer's, like, the perfect definition of a product killer because he doesn't like killing them. He literally just wants to have sex with their dead bodies. Right. That's it. Um, so that's why he strangles them after he drugs them instead of, you know, stabbing them or shooting them or cutting their fucking heads off or whatever people do. Mm -hmm. Um, Dahmer left the body in the cellar for one week before dismembering it much, much in the same manner as he had with Tuomi. So he boiled the skull and initially retained it before pulverizing it. Um, which we'll see again and again as he keeps the skulls for a while. Eventually what he wanted to do was build a, uh. He wanted to build a shrine, like, in his, like, an altar kind of thing in his apartment once we eventually get to him being in his apartment. Um, so that was his third murder. Now we're on to our, his fourth murder, <coughs> which is Richard Guerrero. So uh, March 24th, 1988, he met Richard Guerrero, who was a 22-year-old bisexual man um, outside a gay bar called The Phoenix. Dahmer did his usual thing, lured Guerrero to his grandmother's house, um... Although the incentive on the occasion was uh, $50 to simply spend the night with him, he then drugged Guerrero with sleeping pills, as he usually does, and strangled him with a leather strap, which is different from his normal ammo. Usually he does it with his bare hands. So, with Dahmer then performing oral sex upon Guerrero's dead body, and Guerrero's body was dismembered within 24 hours of his murder, and then the remains again were disposed of in the trash, and he kept the skull before pulverizing it several months later. I mean... The fact that he was throwing all of this into, like, city garbage. Well, it was a different time. Well, I guess so. But my thing is, like, why suck a dead guy's dick, you know? <laughs> uh, it's not uh, going to get hard. I mean, isn't that the ultimate goal when you're sucking some dude's dick is for it to be hard, you know? like I am not qualified to, to discuss the ultimate goal in that department. I, I mean, I would think that the ultimate goal is, you know, to climax. But I mean, part of that is the dick being hard. I mean, why? I mean, it's like, it's like he's eating taffy, he's I, eating laffy taffy at this point. I would assume foreplay was much more enjoyable if the other person is living. Yes. Well, not if you're Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, no. I mean, everybody has their own personal preference. Right. Maybe he's stuck a popsicle stick in it or something to make it, you know, erect. Like a popsicle. It's you know what? Who cares? Like a small one, you know, like the like, like a little one. You know, the ones no, with the jokes it, it, on it's it? not a question about, uh, that if it'll fit. It's how uh, how rough does he play with it? So it's like well, you lube it up, those, dude. Right, but I mean, if you're just you know going at it, I mean, those sticks are brittle. Well, I mean, the dude's already dead. He's not going to feel the, the the thing breaking. You're saying you're saying you don't want Jeffrey to no, break it. No, the stick. 
Not the dick. I'm just well, saying. Yeah, I don't know how hard he's sucking this dude's dick. If he's sucking his dick pretty hard, then yeah. But I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe he goes easy. Maybe he's a more sensual guy. Maybe he's more of a romantic. Maybe he goes hard in the paint. I don't maybe know. He's, they, I mean, maybe he's not throat fucking this dude. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe I, it's I ass ask play. him if I could. An ass play can get out of hand. It can, but Jeffrey Dahmer was not. He was a. He was not a bottom. He was a top. We discussed that right. in the last episode. Right. Right. So. This next one is Dahmer's attempted murder. We actually have a... There's a clip on the... I watched the full trial the other day. It's like a fucking hour or something. It's like an hour and a half or something like that. It's really fucking long. Obviously, it's condensed because he was on trial for like two weeks. But uh, there's a... This guy is actually... Um, doesn't say his name here, but he, they did... They, um, what is it called? He testified against Jeffrey Dahmer talking about what happened to him. So we have that YouTube clip here. Douglas Flowers Jr. Approximately what time did you get to the club 219 that evening? Uh, not real sure. I think I know it was late uh, because the parking lot was pretty filled at the time. So I imagine it was 11, 11:30 around that time. Okay. And did you meet your friends there? Yes, I did. After the bar closed, what next occurred? They all left, and I went back to my car and tried to start it. And when you tried to start your car, what happened? Well, I had been having a problem with my choke, so I imagine that was what the problem was, and it wouldn't start. And after I kept trying it and kept trying it, the batteries just died. <coughs> what did you do next? Uh, well, then I went to a phone booth, which is located on the corner of 2nd Street in Pittsburgh, I believe it is. Did you come in contact with the person you now know as Jeff Dahmer? Yes, I did. He offered to give me a ride uh, uh, to go with him to get his car to bring it back to jump start uh, my car. He had the cab drop us off a, a, a little ways away from the house because he didn't want to wake He lived with his grandmother and he didn't want to wake her up. What happened when you arrived there? Um, I said, I'll just wait for you here. He was going in to get his keys, I believe. And I said, I'll just wait for you here. And he said, no, uh, why don't you just come on in? It'll just be a minute. And he offered me a drink. The next thing I recall happening was um, thinking to myself, why is he looking at me like that? Because for the first time, he, his eye contact was solid. Uh, it, he didn't divert it at all. And, I, and it, uh, it was almost as though he was waiting for something. I, I'm thinking to myself, what is he waiting for? So naturally, I started to drink the coffee quicker because I became uneasy to get out of there. And the next thing I remember was becoming extremely dizzy and my head starting to go down, and that's it. When you say, and that's it, do you mean you passed out? Yes. What's your next memory? Woke up in County General Hospital. Were you missing any property? Yeah, I was missing, <clears throat> excuse me, I was missing all the cash uh, from my wallet. And I was missing a bracelet that was on my right arm and a herringbone chain that was around my neck. If you know, did the hospital remove your clothing at any time? Uh, no, they did not. They, I don't think they had a reason to. When you next undressed, did you notice anything wrong with your clothing? Yes. What was that? I, I noticed that my underwear were on inside out. So yeah, this guy, like I said, he this was an attempted murder on him. So April 23rd, Dahmer lured a young man to his house, which is his fucking M.O., is all he does. However, 
after giving the victim a drugged coffee, both he and the victim heard Dahmer's grandmother call, Is that you, Jeff? Uh, although Dahmer replied in a manner that led to his grandmother to believe he was alone, his grandmother did observe that Dahmer was not alone, and because of this, Dahmer decided not to kill this particular victim, instead waited until he had become unconscious before taking him to the county general hospital. What a nice guy. So, that's the one that got away. Him and the jogger, the ones that got away. And obviously the last guy. That's crazy. So, September... You gotta be traumatized yeah. if you're one of the survivors. Absolutely, dude. Uh, in September 1988, Dahmer's grandmother finally, after everything that's been happening, uh, asked him to move out of her house because of his habit of bringing young men, and she was a good Christian woman, uh, to her house late at night, and the foul smells coming from both the basement and the garage, which she didn't know, but were just a bunch of fucking dead body parts. Right. He wasn't very good at concealing them. No. I mean, I can't imagine he had a whole lot of space either, though, you know? Well, no, but I mean, if you're killing at high numbers like that, I mean, it's... it's you're going to get sloppy. Yeah, it's like that quote from uh, from Ted Bundy. What, Let me see if I can find what, it. Really I was so sweet. I was like, what is that quote? It's talking about, like, uh, he's basically saying that, like, your first... It's like changing a tire. The first time, you know, you have all your parts, you know where everything is. And then, the like, the fourth or fifth time, you know, you forget where you placed the tire iron. Right. He basically says something like that. And he's talking about murdering people and, you know, in high numbers. Yeah, yeah. I think you can slip so, up in any profession. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely easy when you have... When you're worried about being caught, you know, and I'm sure they have... Well, I don't think Ted Bundy had any kind of conscience, but I think Jeffrey Dahmer may have, but who knows? Right. Um, so his grandmother asked him to move out, and then Dahmer found a one-bedroom apartment on North 25th Street and moved into his new residence on September 25th. Um, the following day, he was arrested for drugging and sexually fonding a th- fondling a 13-year-old boy who he had lured to his home on the planet posing for nude photos. There's a lot of underage people. Would you con- Do you think you'd consider Jeffrey Dahmer a pedophile? Yes. Do you think so? Absolutely. But I don't think I would label – I would label him as one, but I wouldn't say, like, that, those were his crimes. No, he's it, one of many. Yeah, because, I mean – but the thing is, Jeffrey Dahmer, like, he, what he liked is he liked the hairless chests. And a lot of times – I mean, this is the fucking, what, the 80s, so you're, you're, I mean, most dudes had hairy chests. The dudes, they were 13-year-olds, man. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just saying, like, that's what he liked. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's what he was into. You asked me if that's pedophilia. No, it is pedophilia, but I'm saying would you label him, like – Throughout his killing career, yeah, it was the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Jeffrey Dahmer is not pedophile. Is what I'm saying. It's definitely it's on part a, of it. It's definitely but, on his resume. Yeah, which yeah, it's on his resume for sure. Yeah. Anyway, we'll just move on from that. He is a pedophile, obviously. So in January of 1989, he was convicted of sex, second degree assault and of enticing a child for immoral purposes. Sentencing of the assault was suspended until May 1989. Um, March 20th, Dahmer commenced a 10-day Easter absence from work, during which he moved back into his grandmother's home. I have no idea what that means. 10-day Easter absence? I have no idea. Maybe it's a Midwestern thing. Uh, yeah, whatever religious that means, maybe. Maybe he's, he's yeah. maybe he's able to get a waiver. Maybe. I don't know how you know, the Midwest goes with religion and, for everything. and pedophiles. And well, that's how a lot of parents of get nature. out of get, uh, getting their kids vaccinated for schools. Um, Which is pretty stupid. Well, we're not going to get into that because I don't want to deal with the dumbasses that are anti-vaxxers. Uh, yeah. So the, the way they get around it sometimes is they can get a religious waiver, basically saying that they don't, they're not going to as a result of religious beliefs and then the school or the school district can uh, either approve or deny but I, I, they're most likely going to approve it because I guess once it's gone that far you really don't want any negative publicity and 
Yeah, right. You don't want to be denying people yeah. their religious rights. But it's yeah. Anyway, so yeah, let's get into the. Uh, this is the fifth murder, actually. What we're getting? No, 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 this is this is the fourth one. Two months after his conviction, and two months prior to his oh, wait, no, this would, You're right. This is the fifth one. This yeah. is the fifth one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Two months after his conviction and two months prior to his sentencing for the sexual assault, uh, Dahmer murdered his his fifth victim. He was a mixed-race, 24-year-old aspiring model named Anthony Sears, whom Dahmer met at a gay bar on March 25th uh, of 1989. According to Dahmer, uh, on this particular occasion, he was not looking to commit a crime, however. Shortly before closing time that evening, Sears just started talking to me. Right, it's his fault. So... Dahmer lured Sears to his grandmother's home, where the pair engaged in oral sex before Dahmer drugged and strangled Sears. The following morning, Dahmer placed the corpse in his grandmother's bathtub, where he decapitated the body before trying to flay the corpse. So, I'm assuming, I mean, it's a bathtub. Grandma probably doesn't use the bathtub very often, but she's got Well, at least he didn't have to worry about the body slipping and sliding, because she knows she had one of those little anti-slip things in there. Right, right. Maybe a chair. Well, I just, it's... Insane that he's he's now he's he's starting to utilize the the entire house. Yeah, well, I mean, he's getting you know he's getting braver. He's not getting caught. He's getting away with all this shit. He's uh, said I'm paying the rent. He's escalating. Here. Yeah, yeah. So he then stripped the flesh from the body and uh, pulverized the bones, which were again disposed of in the trash. Cor- what do these trash men think is going? On? I don't know, man. He's got a lot of trash. It's got a lot of garbage, dude. And a trash bag's got to be shaped different with shit in it. You know what I mean? Like With a body If in you're it, a trash yeah. man, everybody's, you know, you, you become an expert in your trade. And, and, yeah, and a trash man trash is not exempt like. from that. Yeah, you carry enough trash bags. I think you can, you, you feel an odd one from time to time. You can tell the difference between a dead body and a bunch of garbage. Right. So according to Dahmer, he found Sears exceptionally attractive, and Sears was the first victim from whom he permanently retained any body parts. He preserved Sears' head and genitalia in acetone and stored them in the work locker. That's brave. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So when he moved to a new address the following year, he took the remains there with him. Well, I'd fucking hope so. Well, yeah, he wouldn't go through all that trouble just to ditch it. No, of course not. On May 23rd, 1989, Dahmer was sentenced to five years probation and one year in the House of Correction. With work release permitted in order that that he be able to keep his job, he was also required to register as a sex offender. Rightfully so. Right. Two months before his scheduled release from the work camp, Dahmer was paroled from his uh, regime. His five years probation imposed in 1989 began at that point. On release, Dahmer temporarily moved back to his grandmother's home in West Allis before, in May 1990, moving into the Oxford Apartments located on North 25th Street in Milwaukee. Although located in a high-crime area, the apartment was close to his workplace, and I'm assuming far enough away from his school building. Uh, yeah, and it was parks. It was furnished uh, and at $300 per month, inclusive of all bills, I- excluding electricity, which uh, was... Uh, Economical. That's a sweet deal, dude. Yeah. And then, so that was murder number five. Murder number six. So now we're on to six. This is six murders at this point. Right. So on May 14th of 1990, Dahmer moved out of his grandmother's house and into 1924, or 924 North 25th Street 
in the infamous apartment 213, taking Anthony Sears' skull, scalp, and painted genitals with him. I don't, Yikes. I don't know why the fuck they were painted. Within, Make them look pretty. With, <laughs> they are an ugly appendage. Yeah, with one with one week of his moving uh, into his new apartment, Dahmer had killed his sixth victim. So he's w- not wasting any time, dude. No, it, it's uh, I think it's becoming more and more impulse at this point. And he's loving it, dude. He's fucking just coming all over the place. Right. He's loving it. Raymond Smith. Smith was a 32 year old male prostitute uh, whom Dahmer lured to to apartment 213 with the promise of fifty dollars for sex. At Dahmer's, nice. yeah. Cheap sex, man. <coughs> that it is. Usually it cost me a $70 dinner. <laughs> At Dahmer's apartment, he gave Smith a drink laced with seven sleeping pills and manually strangled him. Seven fucking sleeping Like, I'll, I'd be afraid to take two Ambien. Right? I mean, I get That's a, a lot of sleeping pills, yeah. dude. I mean, I'd be worried I'm going to kill him with the sleeping pills. But, I mean, I guess it is his ultimate goal to kill him, so. Right. So the following day, Dahmer bought a Polaroid camera with which he took several pictures of Smith's body in different positions before dismembering him in the bathroom. He boiled the legs, arms, and pelvis in a steel kettle with Soilex, which enabled him to then rinse the bones in his sink. He dissolved the remainder of Smith's skeleton, excluding the skull, in a container he filled with acid. He spray-painted Smith's skull and placed it alongside the skull of Anthony Sears. So now he's just, he's got a collection starting on the fucking mantle. He's skulls up. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's got one of those glass helmet cases. Yeah, but for skulls. For skulls. I am surprised it took him that long to buy a Polaroid. I feel like with the way he wants to relive these things, he would have bought a Polaroid, for like, you know, <clears throat> from the get-go. Right. No, uh... I, well, I, I think just as long, I mean, just as well with the new collection starting, he, uh, I think he was starting to just get real big into memorabilia. He's branching out, kind of like us with our Patreon.com slash Summation Jar Chronicles, where you can become a patron and get the most out of the show. There you go. Patreon. Nice little plug there. Yeah, yeah Patreon.com. The, uh, more of a, yeah, trophy collection, and it was, he was investing I mean, he right. his behavior definitely pointed to, I'm going to do this till I get caught. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is, that's what he wants. I mean, I don't know if he necessarily wants to do it or if it is impulsive, but he's definitely doing it. I think it's impulsive. I think, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I wouldn't say that he was a, a typically sane dude. There was something uh, wrong. Something going wrong up there, yeah, for absolutely. sure. Um. So, Dahmer's fuck-up. Uh, approximately one week after the murder of Raymond Smith, on or about May 27th, Dahmer lured another young man into his apartment. On this occasion, however, Dahmer himself accidentally consumed the drink uh, laced with sedatives. Uh, inten- this goes back to that Ted Bundy quote, dude. <laughs> Every time. Right. Intended for consumption by his guest. When he awoke the following day, he discovered his intended victim had stolen several items of his uh, clothing, $300, and a watch. Dahmer never reported this incident to the police for obvious reasons, although on May 29th, he divulged uh, to his probation officer that he had been robbed. Yeah, so uh, I brought this dude back to my place, right? Uh, And, okay, listen, hear me out. I put the sleeping pills in his drink, okay, because I wanted to knock him out and I was going to strangle him, of course. Uh, but I fucking drank 
the wrong one, you know, and I passed out. And then the dude fucking robbed me. Classic mistake. Uh, so do I need to just like file a report or like do you guys want like a description or? Because I know what, what he I mean? looks like. I can tell. I got a picture of him right here. There's a Polaroid right here. Yeah, where he looks like. I got tons of Polaroids. Yeah, look at all these. Oh wait, no, no, no don't look at those. Look, look, this is him right here. <laughs> so how would that go? How would that have gone? Right. So now he's got uh, a guy on the loose with, uh, you know, wearing his fucking watch. And he's three hundred dollars lighter. <laughs> so we uh, we get right into murder number six. Following this, and murder number. This is seven. Seven. Right? This is, yeah, this is murder yeah, seven. murder seven. So following this in June of 1990, Dahmer lured a 27-year-old acquaintance named Edward Smith to his apartment. He drugged and strangled Smith. On this occasion, rather than immediately uh, acidifying the skeleton or repeating previous processes of bleaching, which had rendered previous victims' skulls brittle, Dahmer placed the skeleton of Smith in his freezer for several months in the hope it would not retain moisture. Freezing the skeleton did not remove moisture, and the skeleton of this victim would be acidified several months later. The skull was destroyed unintentionally when placed in the oven to dry. <laughs> so, I mean, he's still a very much an amateur. Yeah, he has he's no a, idea he's what he's noob. doing. He's a noob still. Yeah, his dad didn't teach him everything about chemistry. Right. Uh, so this caused the skull to explode, naturally, in the oven. Uh, Dahmer later told right. police he had felt rotten about Smith's murder as he had been unable to retain any parts of his body. So, and, I mean, that right there just shows you that that reinforces that product over process killer for Dahmer because he was upset that he didn't get to keep any of the parts of the body. He wasn't, uh, I mean, he got to kill the guy. Right. But he's mad he didn't get to keep anything. He wanted those trophies. I mean, he's one, you know, he's one skull less of his fucking altar. Right. I guess just fucking jerk off in front of. I don't know what he planned to do with it. It's the only thing I can think you do of with a bone skull altar of a bunch of dead people you killed. Right. Because all of his stuff obviously is sexually motivated. So, I mean, that would make sense that that's all he wants to do with it. So now we're on to this is murder number eight. Um, less than three months after the murder of Smith, Dummer encountered a 22 year old named Ernest Miller on the corner of North 27th Street. And Miller agreed to accompany Dahmer to his apartment for $50 and further agreed to allow him to listen to his heart and stomach. Now, this is something that Dahmer did to his friends, the few friends that he had when he was a kid. He just wanted to put his head on their chest and just listen to their heartbeat because he loved everything that went on inside of people's bodies. I mean, that's what he was interested in. That's why he cut all those, you know, all those animals up and stuff. So when Dahmer attempted to perform, perform oral sex on Miller, he was informed, quote, that'll cost you extra, whereupon Dahmer gave his intended victim a drink laced with two sleeping pills and said, fuck your money, and killed him instead. That will be free, sir. Yeah, I will, uh, I'll take the free option. Uh, but this time he didn't get to strangle him the way he usually does because this time he only had two sleeping pills to give his victim and I don't know what kind of sleeping pills he used but dude I take two Excedrin PMs and I'm fucking knocked out for the night right. like give me an hour and a half dude I'm fucking asleep no question so he killed Miller by slashing his carotid carotid how do you say that do you know how to say that carotid carotid good one his carotid artery with the same knife that he had been using to dissect his victim's bodies and then Miller obviously bled to death within minutes. Dahmer posed the nude body in various suggestive uh, positions before he p- took pictures of it. 
placed the body in the bathtub for dismemberment after that. And Dahmer, Dahmer said that he repeatedly kissed and talked to the severed head while he dismembered the remainder of the body, which I just feel is so fucking creepy. Well, it's just like uh, Kemper. You know, it's reality is so fucking distorted that uh, you still feel a, a sense of closeness to this individual who is lifeless, but there's still a relationship there. Right, I mean, Kemper cut his mom's head off, put it on a shelf, and yelled at it for over an hour. Well, he was, so, a, I mean, he was an angry guy. He was an angry, and she did, she person. deserved a lengthy lecture. Yeah, maybe not the decapitation, I mean, she, but she deserved I mean, she a good have stern Kemper talking body, to. Yes, but yeah, she yeah, fucked up a long she, time ago. She deserved ago. A, a little bit of chewing out. So, yeah. So he wrapped Miller's heart, biceps, and portions of flesh from the legs in plastic bags and placed them in the fridge to eat later. So I guess this is when he decided he's going to start eating this shit. Um, Dumber boiled the remaining flesh and organs into a, quote, jelly-like substance using, again, he's using a shitload of Soylex, dude. Like, is he buying, is he going to Sam's Club buying this shit in bulk or what? Because he's using a fuckload of it. Hardware store. They even sell Soylex anymore? I don't know. I've never purchased it. I don't know if they sell it, but you can... I'm not going to look into it at all, but it's definitely... It's still on the internet. No, you still can buy it. I don't know. I'm not Googling it. Yeah, good idea. Maybe I shouldn't. Too late, though. Uh, so to preserve the skeleton, he placed the bones... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. So he used Soylex to make this <laughs> jelly-like substance, uh, which, again, enabled him to rinse the flesh off the skeleton, which he intended to keep. But to preserve the skeleton, he placed the bones in a light bleach solution for 24 hours before allowing them to dry upon a cloth for a week. The severed head was initially placed in the refrigerator before also being stripped of the flesh, then painted and coated with enamel. So he's getting, he's getting pretty good at it now. He's figuring out his, you know, he's figuring out his niche. He's getting a rhythm, a routine down. Yeah, he's, get, he's getting the hang of it now. He's, he's getting his groove. Yeah, he's, uh, he's hitting his stride. He's, uh, yeah, I guess that's, yeah. That's the last one I got for those metaphors, yeah. (laughs) It's the last little saying I have. Uh, So now we're on to the ninth murder. Three weeks after the murder of Ernest Miller, on September 24th, Dahmer encountered a 22-year-old man named David Thomas at the Grand Avenue Mall, which Dahmer frequented to look for potential victims. Uh, He persuaded him to return to his apartment for a few drinks with additional money, on an offer if he would pose for photos, which, I mean, obviously that's working because, I mean, he's getting these dudes, ev- like, every time, you know. But, I mean, we are only hearing about his uh, his success stories, not his uh, his failures, except that one. I thought this whole... <laughs> uh, we, we're on part two, and I think we've heard nothing but his failures. Well, I mean, his failures as a human being, but his successes to himself. Oh, right. Right. You gotta look at it from his perspective. Uh, In his statement to police after his arrest, Dahmer stated that after giving Thomas a drink with the sedatives, he didn't feel attracted to him anymore. Uh, Don't we all know how that goes? Yeah, but the drugs made him ugly? I guess. I don't know. Maybe Dahmer just fucking didn't... Maybe he was tired, dude. Maybe he didn't feel like it. Cutting up all those bodies, man? I mean... His arms were probably tired. It's a lot of work, dude. I mean, he's buff, but I mean, carrying a bunch of bodies, cutting them up, fucking putting them in the fridge... Boiling them down. It's just coming. It's becoming routine, dude. He's just, you know, he's just. Sounds like cross. It's like any old job. Yeah, it's like any old job, dude. Fireman carries. Yeah, and then you know you cut their arms and legs off at the end, right? Right. So, 
He was afraid to allow him to wake up in case he would be angry over having been drugged, so he just went ahead and killed him anyway. Strangled him, dismembered the body, um, but didn't keep anything because he did, you know, he wasn't attracted to the guy. Nonetheless, he did take photos of the dismemberment process and did keep the photos, uh, which later aided in Thomas's uh, identification. Following the murder of David Thomas, Dahmer did not kill anyone for almost five months. So he has a five-month cooling-off period. Um, but although on a minimum of five occasions during this time, between October 1990 and February 1991, he unsuccessfully attempted to lure men to his apartment. So Dahmer, he hit a dry spell. Nothing wrong with that, dude. It's totally normal. It's a slump. Happens to everybody. Yeah, man. He just hit a little dry spell, and then, you know, he'll be back on his feet before, in no time. Uh, but he's also known to regularly complain to of feelings of both anxiety and depression to his probation officer throughout 1990, which uh, frequent references to his sexuality, his solitary lifestyle, and financial difficulties. On several occasions, he's also known to have referred to suicidal thoughts. I mean... Financial difficulties. I mean, I can imagine he's buying all that fucking Soylex, dude. That shit can't be cheap after a while. And he's going through knives. He's got this big fucking 55-gallon drum in his apartment. I mean, it's an he's got a lot of shit going on in that apartment. <laughs> yeah, a lot of yeah, you for almost sure. forget that he's in a small apartment. Yeah, he's not in a house, dude. He's in a fucking apartment. Like, can you imagine doing all of this in a one-bedroom apartment? I can't imagine having a medium-sized dog in a one-bedroom apartment. Exactly, dude. Imagine having a bunch of fucking dead bodies laying everywhere. That's crazy. Bones and shit like that. So, uh, February 1991, Dahmer observed a 17-year-old boy named Curtis Strotter standing at a bus stop near Marquette University, which is funny, the university his dad went to. Right. Uh, according to Dahmer, he lured Strader into his apartment with an offer of money for posing for nude photos, again, with the added incentive of sexual intercourse. Dahmer drugged and strangled Strader with a leather strap, and this is the second time we see him do this. I don't know. I wonder why he didn't do this more. It seems like it'd be easier than strangling someone with your bare hands, no? I think it would take a lot of force to strangle someone with your bare hands, man. It does, yeah. I don't care how small or big you are. You've got someone fighting for their life. It's going to take a lot to, like, just squeeze the life out of them. Yeah, but, I mean, and Dahmer's not getting any sexual gratification from the murder. He's getting it afterwards with the dead bodies. Right, he's trying to rush through that process. Yeah, he's trying to get it on over with. Um, but he dismembered him with, uh, and he kept the skull, hands, and genitals, and he photographed each stage of the dismemberment process. All It's starting to sound so, like, mundane, the way we're saying it. It's like... He lured him to the house with promises of taking pictures. He decapitated him. He well, it's definitely you know, a pattern. The body. I don't know if we yeah, had covered just... it, but all of these victims are they're young between late teens and mid to late twenties, and they're all African American. Like he had African American. They're they're all like he has a type. All minorities. None of them are. He didn't kill any white people that I encountered. No, in this. I think he just had a secret infatuation with African American people. Or men specifically. Like the chest, dude. And I don't know. Given the times, it was so hard to admit to the public that you were gay, much less biracial or interracial dating. Like that's, you know, it was a different time where it was uh, people make snarky comments to that shit all the time. Still, it's 2018, and we see soon um, that there wasn't an incident where being gay helped Dahmer. 
but was, you know, the inevitable downfall of the person he was trying to murder. Right. So this is now the 11th murder. Uh, less than two months later, on April 7th, Dahmer encountered a 19-year-old named Errol Lindsay uh, walking to get a key cut. So Lindsay was a heterosexual. Dahmer lured Lindsay to his apartment where he drugged him, drilled him. And this is when he first tries to create, like, how do I put it? Like a, like a sex slave zombie sort of thing. So he drugged him, and he drilled a hole in his skull and poured hydrochloric acid into it. And according to Dahmer, Lindsay woke up after the experiment uh, saying, I have a headache, what time is it? In response to this, Dahmer again drugged Lindsay, then strangled him. He decapitated him and retained his skull. He then flayed Lindsay's body, placing the skin in a solution of cold water and salt for several weeks in hope of permanently retaining it. And But reluctantly, Dahmer disposed of Lindsay's skin when he noted it had become too frayed and brittle. And yeah, that's where we're going to stop for today. We covered, what, 11 of them? Um, no, 10 of them. Yeah. Because we covered the first one on the last one. So yeah, we covered 10 murders on this one. Um, and then we will get to the remaining murders on part three of Mr. Jeffrey Dahmer, and then we'll get to his capture and all that good stuff. But uh, you can look us up on Instagram at the Mason Jar Chronicles. You can follow me on Instagram at How the Dads Chill. You can follow Johnny on there, Johnny Two Jokes, and you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the Mason Jar Chronicles. If you become a patron and you get you pledge $1 a month or more, you will receive early access to episodes such as this one. And if you pledge $5 or more, you will receive early access plus exclusive episodes similar to our palate cleanser and our creepy Reddit posts episodes. So head on over to Patreon. You can really get a lot more out of the show by becoming a patron. You can show us, you know, a little bit of support. And we really appreciate, uh, you know, you guys liking the show and all that kind of stuff. Uh, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes or uh, you can do comments on the Patreon page and all of that. And uh, keep in mind, we do have that raffle coming up. <clears throat> we're going to be raffling off a custom skateboard deck with the original Mason Jar logo on it. And we're going to have more details about that coming soon. And on Patreon as well, once we hit... $100 a month coming from you guys. We are going to select one of you per month to be on an episode with us of your choosing. So get excited about that as well. And that's pretty much it. Johnny, do you got uh, anything else to plug? No, no. Just thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, any any platform, whatever platform you listen to us on, uh, comment, like, dislike, you know, insult, whatever the fuck. Just any kind of feedback uh, is good feedback for us. Uh, and it just yeah we appreciate yeah. anything any kind of feedback let you us know what you're us. thinking so yeah just uh, yeah jump over on uh, to Patreon become a patron and uh, you don't even have to donate just listening to us on that one and then if you uh, get an itch to throw a buck our way then uh, then we'll gladly take it and put it right back into the podcast so and we'll be doing more early access stuff once we get a you know once we get some patrons going and uh We'll start. We'll start doing some cool stuff. We're gonna get some stickers made soon. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff in the works coming, and uh, we can't do any of that without you guys. So we really appreciate you guys listening to the show and showing us all the support that you do. For sure. And we will catch you guys uh, next week. Yeah. Yeah. Later. Alrighty. Later.